It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. Well, uh, Congress wraps up its work for 2021. All eyes began to pivot towards the midterm elections of 2022. And of course, one of those races that everyone seems to be watching is the United States Senate seat here in the great state of Utah. One of those candidates running, Allie Isom. She's a Republican running for Utah's U.S. Senate seat. She's a former deputy chief of staff to former Governor Gary Herbert, former spokesperson for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she joins us on the line now. She has been doing her Walk a Mile tour, and I believe you are in Santa Clara today. I am, Boyd. I'm in beautiful Santa Clara and out of the snow of northern Utah, here to walk a mile in these local communities. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Uh, Well, welcome to the program. It's great to have you on. And uh, as we begin this uh, whole process, obviously you've been uh, covering a lot of ground uh, in the state of Utah, but let's, let's back up just a little bit. Tell us why this race, why now? Uh, Boyd, I, I feel Utah's ready for a different kind of leadership. Um, in Washington, D.C., one that collaborates, one that builds bridges, one that is in tune with Utahns and in touch with their everyday experiences. And I I think we're, many of us are tired of the divisiveness and the polarization, um, the marginalization that's happened in contemporary politics. And we're looking for a different, a different way to move forward. And, um, and also because I think it's time the Republican Party returned to its core conservative principles and uh, avoid these distractions of, of uh, personalities and, and culture wars. There's so much we have to offer and so many good ways to move forward. And I just want to focus on those fundamentals again. Uh, I know you have a, a unique perspective or a unique way to view problems and situations as you uh, evaluate uh, both principles and policies and and implementation of those public policies. Uh, Just for those who are getting to know you and starting to understand, how is it that you look at problems? How do you approach them? What kind of lens do you view the world through? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, you know, I, I worked for Governor Herbert for three years. And two years into that experience, my oldest child passed away, having experienced some pretty severe health issues. And you can't go through that experience without having it transform the way you look at the world and things that matter. And I came back from bereavement leave and sat around a policy table with a bunch of people and thought, you know, we're worked up over things that don't really matter. How do I, how do I focus on the most important things? How do I make sure... I'm looking at things with the right approach to get to the right outcome. So I have a, you know, this, these five lenses, if you will, that we examine public policy through. The first one is people. Uh, I put a face on issues. I want to know who it impacts and, and what, what is their lived experience like? What are the numbers like? How many people are we talking about? And, and in what meaningful ways are their lives impacted? Uh, the second lens is, is principle. What are the guiding principles that help us get to good outcomes? Third is, is policy. 
what's durable between administrations. You know, these executive orders don't provide durable public policy. It, it provides uncertainty. Uh, so I want to find solutions that last. And fourth is process. Have all the stakeholders been at the table? Has everybody who cares about this issue been heard from? It's so much easier to engage them as an ally now rather than to find them a, a wall later in your in your solution. And then the fifth one was politics. And I felt like if I could keep that order straight, you know, principle, I mean, excuse me, people, then principle, policy, process, and then politics, we got to good outcomes. We got to good outcomes that lasted. Yeah. And that's uh, and that is the key is how do we get to those outcomes? Because that's where we can have real accountability uh, in terms of what actually does or doesn't happen. You can make better decisions about what you do next uh, with that kind of perspective. Uh, and Allie, as, you, as you've been traveling around the state uh, and kind of getting that perspective of where Utahns are, uh, as you look at going back to Washington, D.C. and applying these lenses, what are what are the top issues that you're most focused on or most excited to engage uh, in the United States Senate on? I have I have had the privilege and the honor of of walking a mile or that the notion is walking and listening in every community. We've pledged to do all 250 Utah cities and towns. And so far we've made it to uh, Santa Clara is number 69. And um, it's been a fantastic experience to walk with everyday Utahns, local, local leaders, parents, ranchers, entrepreneurs, main street business owners, and hear what's top of mind and in their hearts. And from many of them, I hear, I hear water is a top issue, um, it, and, and smart growth is a, is a derivative of that as well. Uh, affordable housing comes up pretty consistently, as does affordable child care. The economy comes up pretty consistently. You know, we're all concerned about the inflation we're experiencing, what's happening with the, the labor market and supply chain issues. And then um, the last one I hear about pretty consistently is law enforcement morale. You know, we are losing some of our tremendous public servants and uh, something something needs to be done there. So I've, I've heard those issues. And um, and as a result, I've I've formed what I call my compact with Utah or vision for America. It's a today we're excited. Our campaign is releasing the right things, a compact with Utah vision for America, which is a framework for my policy priorities. It lists eight priorities. And they include uh, the very first one is is active listening and, and straight talk because mm-hmm. I want to achieve clarity with the with the Utahns um, and it might seem like a generic first priority but when I have been briefed by foreign policy experts domestic policy experts people who are in different industries and when I ask them what's the most pressing problem or the greatest threat. Inevitably, they come back to or state right out. It is a fact that we can't sit down at a table and get mm. to solutions. Yeah. We're our own worst enemy here. So we have to start with how we how we talk to each other. But then um, the priorities include things like uh, av- avoiding deficit spending, um, seeking after family success, having integrity in the way the infrastructure bills are, are implemented so that we can support state-driven solutions. I'm really interested in supporting um, Utah's life sciences industries and uh, and preparing for the next pandemic mm-hmm. is a priority for me, as well as um, prioritizing 
health and well-being, access to and wellness uh, for our for Utahns and Americans All broadly. Right. So, yeah. Wonderful. I want to take I am. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take in one last question before I let you go and get back sure, on uh, on the course. road there. Uh, and it is the question yeah. that I ask every candidate. I think it's uh, one that really gives us a look into the heart of a leader. Uh, and as you know already, uh, these kind of campaigns are difficult. They're hard. They're taxing on individuals and families. And uh, there's all the stress and pressure of all of that. And Ali, as you look at going through this process, what is it that would make all of that sacrifice, all of that work worth it, even if on election night you came up just a little bit short? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic question. I'm glad that you ask it. It's one I asked myself before I filed to run. And um, I I had a a point of self-reflection and uh, self-awareness and identified four objectives in running for this office. Number one, is to win. So 50% plus one was my first objective. But the second objective was to elevate the dialogue, to model a better way to have these conversations. Uh, The third one was to pivot the Republican Party back to its core conservative values and to lead a Republican renaissance. And the fourth one is to build a campaign organization that can be replicated because right now the systems are tilted toward uh, favoring incumbents. And it's very difficult for average people to run for political office. This is why we have so many millionaires in the U.S. Senate. Um, It's incredibly difficult. And I want to find a way to help good people step up because I'm more convinced than ever good people have to get off the sidelines and get into the conversation and help find durable solutions. We've abdicated far too long to extreme and hostile voices. All right. Ali Isom, a Republican candidate for the United States Senate, uh, out there walking in Santa Clara today. Uh, appreciate you joining us on the program. We look forward to further conversation uh, in the months ahead. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Boyd. You take care. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside quickly for bottom of the hour news. Uh, when we come back, uh, much more on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.